to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to An Afghan American View on America. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Wednesday, January 31st in the year of 2024. We begin this month on the 1st of January with the... Declaration of Military Accountability, which is a bold statement of 231 veterans that came together and active service members calling for the accountability and, quite frankly, in the legal and ethical way, declaring war on a nation, on a military leadership that had declared war on its soldiers. Tonight, we're going to hear a very different perspective. We're going to hear from an African-American whose name is Muhammad Rafi. He's also known as Sammy. He was the interpreter for Corey Terry, Team Sergeant Special Forces retired, who many of you know, who's been on this show a couple of times. It's a very important perspective I want you to hear tonight. This is coming from an Afghan-American. He's Muslim. He loves this nation. He will fight for this constitution. He chose to come here and chose to leave his nation to be part of being America. And the things that he has seen and the understanding that he's gained is truly humbling. This is a Building Bridges show. This is for us to learn, to listen, and to start extending a hand to a religious cultural framework that we have been programmed to hate. And quite frankly, as Corey will testify, as I will testify, that paradigm has been manufactured as much as so many other things to try to convince us to keep, to hate one another and to ultimately go to war with one another. And in this particular time, when we have fighters coming across the border, which are being identified as Islamic to destroy this nation. The one optic we have to keep in mind is that everybody that comes across this nation to hurt this nation in one way or another is an asset of the deep state. They're not an asset of the true sense of who they are as human beings, nor are they an asset or a function of the children of God. So tonight I just encourage you to listen, to learn, and to embrace the messages that are being presented to us. Now, before we get going tonight, the issue right faced right now is very real, though, in the sense of destabilization. Not only do we have an economic war going, we have a food war going, we have an entire collapse of the system war going in the sense of deep state trying to burn it to the ground, scorched earth, and you have to be prepared. The media is hiding things, which we know, and they're hiding things d intentionally. They're also, we are, as we start to look at this, people are slow to wake up. Sadly, Gen X, my ex, my generation, is less prepared statistically than Gen Z, which is a surprise. But Gen Z is literally preparing for the end of world scenarios. And we have to do better, all of us, collectively, because this is about community supporting ourselves. Now, if you go to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, you're going to find the one-year emergency food kit by My Patriot Supply. And it's there, it is there available, it is a fantastic deal, and it's one you need to take advantage of. 
This is a chance to prepare your whole family for a disruption and a a critical time. And we need to have those sorts of resource foundations underneath us because this isn't just about ourselves. It's about community. So again, head on over to preparewithbards.com. Check out the one-year emergency food system that they offer. It's on a fantastic value, fantastic deal at this moment in time. Use that acquire one for your family and get your family secure. This is an important time to prepare. And we're in these windows right now of great inst- uncertainty and instability as we wind up for what will be a very radical year, already has been in, year, in the year of 2024. So again, preparewithbards.com. Check out the one-year food system. You won't be disappointed. A page, so I want to read a note that Sammy sent, and I, I know he won't mind. It's some really good wisdom and this comes from a person who has had to walk a difficult path as anybody in war has to walk a difficult path, but more so for him because he's walked in a culture that has been ravaged by war. To understand Afghanistan is Afghanistan in the 1960s was a Mecca. It was a place that Western elites traveled to enjoy vacations in part because they had a very liberal marijuana law over there and they were able to go over there and, and step a step away from Western culture. But it was truly a place that people went to travel and to experience a foreign culture. When the Soviet Union moved in, which, just to be clear, there's a distinct difference between Soviet Union and Russia. Soviet Union was the communist organized group leading Russia that was ultimately tied to what we now know and call the deep state. They ravaged that country. They used biological warfare. They used all sorts of tactical and and, and methods to eliminate that culture. Spetnaz teams were dispatched to assassinate elders to try to remove the the wisdom class and separate the middle, the growing family class and the youth from the wisdom knowledge of years. They were deconstructing a tribal format of a nation and trying to reformat it into a machine that would channel people into organized schooling, which would ultimately lead to a permanent communist state. Then it became the second war. The second war was the destabilization war, which was another version of our deep state fighting itself using our people's blood, which was the war led by the CIA with Mujahideen leading that to fight the Russians, which ultimately led to a destabilization of the entire country, which as the Russians withdrew, then Pakistani intelligence interceded and got all of the key warlording tribes, which were five, to fight each other, to completely destroy the country in a a civil war, which led to the Pakistani intelligence, ISI, with the help of Saudi Arabian money and CIA backing to slide in the Taliban, which were based on training children through the madrasas to, to create a radicalized Islamic state. That's when we get up into 9-11, the false flag of 9-11, where apparently a bunch of guys in, that live in a desert were able to commandeer some planes and destroy a nation by bringing a nation to its knees by collapsing two towers that had great insurance policies on them so that the owners of the towers could gain great pr- profits and ultimately we could take a nation to war and commit ourselves to a 20-year cycle of financial and moral devastation. That's the trap that we fell into, and we have to be wiser than that now. Through all of this, we gain great wisdom and voices. One of these is Sammy, also known in his real name, Muhammad Rafi. I want you to hear these words. He says, when you see someone incredibly kind and avoiding violence, be careful this person notices everything. They remain silent because they know if they get angry, it will hurt them. They keep everything inside, choosing to stay calm, even though it may cause them suffering. But the day it explodes, it will cause a real storm. Whoever triggered that that will face the wrath. 
However, these individuals understand that peace is precious. However, everything has a limit. Don't mistake their calmness for weakness. Behind every calm smile, there is strength and determination that can surprise you. It is better to be by their side to learn from them. These are wise words, and they're words that those that have walked in war can speak of very honestly. And it's the sort of communications that I think are very important here in a time when our nation is in war. That is one of the hardest things for people to understand these days. And we get some very righteous behavior, which is, has a lot of falseness to it, because there's never been the realization of having to walk on the battlefield. I will tell you that there's not a single soldier in the world that desires to have their country walk in war. Unfortunately, we don't have that choice anymore. We have a nation that's in a war. It's a different type of war, mind you, than perhaps what was we've seen in the past, but it is nonetheless equally devastating. This is a war that's ravaged this nation with biological weapons. This is a war that's been ravaging a nation with psycho, psyop and psychological warfare to try to break people's minds and souls. And this is a war now that's trying to ramp up. It's using chemical and biological weaponry across our border in the, in the terms of fentanyl laced with Trank. We have a biological war that has been waged by our pharmaceutical companies against our nation, which has been led by our government and authorized by our government and our military upon its people. And we've had no resistance to this whatsoever. Our leadership in our military, our leadership in our nation, all the way down to the local level, has been complicit in the crimes against humanity and has been complicit in murder. And that includes every single general in our military. Let's be very clear. So we are in a very critical state to start understanding the nature of the war, to take the wisdom of war, and, and most importantly, start building bridges. We have to build bridges past the paradigms which they're seeking us to to, do, to, to keep ourselves separated with. They built the paradigms. We have to break them down. So really what we're getting into is a kingdom view of the world. Ask yourself a simple question, and it's an important question. What's the heart of God in all things since God created everything? And when we place the heart of God before us and we encounter others that are seeking God, we may not agree on everything. But in a time of war like this, we can agree on a few things. Absolutely agree. That we have to come together under a constitution and abide by the Constitution. We have to come together to fight for the safety of our children. And in the process, hopefully, we learn to appreciate one another rather than hate one another. That's loving thy brother, and that's walking the path of Christ. So tonight, I'm going to encourage you to listen closely to this interview. These are great people here. I have the ultimate respect for Corey Terry, and I have gained a brother in Muhammad Rafi. He is very much like my interpreter was. He gave his life more times than you can count to protect Americans. He put his life on the line. And that, as my interpreter did for me. When you spend two plus years with somebody who's literally every single day looking out for your well-being in his country, making sure that the bad guys don't kill you, making sure you understand the details and nuances of a very complicated framework of a culture that's nuanced within history and language details that are almost impossible for a Westerner to learn. When you have people like that in your life, you gain an immense respect for their love of humanity, not just their love of nation. And there's a lot to gain and a lot to learn from that as we face a challenging time now where everybody has to come together and work to fight this evil that's trying to kill us. Let's be clear. We are being ravaged by an elite that are a pedophile elite. They seek to destroy, rape, pillage children most above all, and they take pleasure in it. And they take pleasure in the harm in which they do to the people. And that pleasure that, that they use to do this 
leads to an obedience, unfortunately, for many that may have been good people but have sold their soul to this unbelievable evil that is out here now trying to ravage a nation and make everyone suffer. And the way they want to make everyone suffer is to make everyone hate each other by race, by religion, and not allow us to see the heart of the individual, but they want us to see just who we are on the surface so that we will convince ourselves that we have to kill each other. That's their greatest victory. And if there's one thing I will fight for is to have people see the heart of each other and put down the swords of steel and start embracing love as a weapon that we can use against the deep state. I learned that more than ever in Afghanistan as I watched Afghans work with Americans to try to save them and often give their lives simply because they respected the fact that Americans had come to save their nation. And so in respect to all of that, tonight I want to introduce you to two amazing people. Corey Terry, Special Forces Team Sergeant, retired, and Mohammed Rafi, also known as Sammy, his interpreter from Afghanistan. Patriots, today I'm very honored to welcome two um, heroes, honestly. One you know is Corey Terry, retired Team Sergeant, Special Forces. He's a brother, a friend. He's been at Bards Fest. He has a, just a heart as a father. He also has a heart for this nation. But with him this morning is the man who stood by him in so many things in Afghanistan. And this would be Muhammad Rafi, also known as Sammy. He was his interpreter. And as we will learn today, this is an amazing man. And it's an amazing story to start hearing as as we start to talk about coming together as a nation, building bridges, and what it is truly to love a nation that wasn't his originally. So I want to welcome you both. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. Uh, it's uh, it's an honor to be on here. As always, love talking to you, and uh, doubly as much with um, a true a true brother, uh, my interpreter. We call him Sammy or Muhammad Rafi's his name, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's it's true honor to be on here, both of you. Uh, love both of you guys. You guys are both awesome. Thanks for having us on. So, Sammy, let's talk a little bit about you. Um, and Corey, equally, the feelings are mutual. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and welcome to the show. Uh, hello, uh, Mr. Scott. Thank you for having us uh, in this show. And uh, Corey, brother. Thank you for giving uh, good words about me. I'm humbled. Um, you're a true brother. We all are brothers in faith. We're all children of Abraham, regardless of our race and ethnicity. I am honored to call you a brother in faith. I'm honored to call you a brother in arm, where we met, where we created a bond. And here we are again, uh, meeting in the great land of God, free land of God. Uh, having opportunity to share our experiences, uh, how we met and how we made it here. Um, uh, uh, you can call me Sammy. That's my name. Where uh, when we used to, when I used to work back uh, in Afghanistan, my real name is Muhammad Rafi, and uh, family knows me by a name Rafi and. Uh, Whatever name you feel comfortable, you can call me Muhammad, uh, Sammy, or Rafi. So, humbled to be here, uh, Scott. Well, it's great to have you. Seriously, let's just talk a little bit about you because you have a pretty interesting story. Um, you're 
you come from a very interesting family, and also the fact that your father worked for Masood in uh, in Kabul, correct? Uh, right. In Afghanistan, uh, my father served uh, 34 years in Afghanistan Army. I was even uh, when before Mujahideen took over. Uh, when Mujahideen took over, uh, my father joined with them, tried to help uh, educate uh, all Masood's officers uh, because the people who came from uh, the mountains had no education. Uh, my dad was a Fulbright colonel and he was well educated. He went through school. Uh, he was not uh, what we call is a machine-made colonel, like farm-made colonel, like how uh, during my time when I was working that uh, a rank was easy to purchase. Like uh, it was uh, um, an individual was being promoted based on the race or uh, how much money he can bribe, but I'm proud that my dad uh, really studied, made his way all the way to be a full educated official colonel and uh, put his uniform to serve the country and bring freedom. That's his goal. So for him, was not to help a foreign invasion, but to help bring the freedom within our own people. Um, Born in a very humble family, uh, Scott. Uh, you know, I'm 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 humbled that you're giving me the floor to speak. Uh, um, you know, if, if I introduce myself as a simple thing, would be a human. Um, nothing more than that. Uh, but to make it interesting, where I came from, my background is a uh, in the beginning, as I said, with my uh, dad being a colonel. We grew up in war. Uh, uh, looking for peace, wanting for peace. Our main reason was to have peace and freedom in our own land, uh, of course, without any foreign intervention or without any foreign delusion in our country. But again, uh, life is not what we plan as or what we think as. It's what, uh, glory be to Lord, whatever he plans, uh, he causes some tests um, that, again, we don't know. It's all, all knowledges belong to him and all glories to be him. Um, we don't know. It's just a test. I would be just trying to summarize the paths, how I made it to the U.S. and who I am. This should be, um, I'll do my best to make it short as much as I can. Um, I'll go back to uh, my family my dad being a colonel, uh, Scott, uh, uh, he always taught us, of course, how to be respectful, respect other religions, and more was uh, spiritual in religion following Abrahamic faith of Islam. Uh, but as you know, of course, our country was filled. When I'm saying, as you know, I know Brother Corey understands, and you know it, uh, you served in our country. Our country was filled with ignorant uh, mullahs um, you know we were lost lost in between of having some mullahs uh, between British saints what you see now is uh, almost even some of them were uh, proxy war created mullahs and we were just kind of kind of got taught um, and we'll come back to it later uh, that how you see similar situation this 
facing this country, but you know, unfortunately, people are sleeping here. Um, we flew from um, uh, from one place to another place due to my father's services. As I said, there was groups of people fighting. Every different group, you know, every different parties, uh, just partyisms, and uh, all that made us uh, made actually me grew up in different parts of Afghanistan where my dad was still. Um, after them helping Masood had only one choice because Taliban moved in in other from other party uh, other sides which again uh, we uh, if we go to detail it's a proxy war of uh, CIA of course created <laughs> but we were the one who suffered uh, moved to Pakistan uh, for five years I would say for two uh, two years but with within this time we were in and out of the country. Uh, because we couldn't live uh, in our country, poverty was there, uh, extremists was there. Uh, there were new schools. It was only madrasas, and uh, it was only uh, um, only darkness and ignorance. So my dad, our dad, wanted us to be at least somewhere to study. We went to Pakistan for a few years, as I said, back and forward until um, our allied forces so-called allied forces, Americans came to Afghanistan. Um, and we, again, the the hope of freedom built within us, uh, even as a kid remembering and having a hope like, hey, we're going to go. We have some allied forces who traveled miles away to come and bring freedom to our country. Uh, we can go and have hopes again. You know, it's like the, the ignorant people will leave and we will have light, which is education, knowledge, of course, schools, hospitals, everything, because we knew we could see the hope, uh, knowing how great America was, uh, knowing uh, how valuable these people were coming to Afghanistan from miles away. Even my dad was like, we can't just sit back here uh, in a foreign land while we see there are people there that they want our country to be free. So we came back to Afghanistan in the year 2000. And of course, uh, uh, I started helping my, my dad during those times. As soon as he came back to Afghanistan, he did, uh, from Pakistan, we moved all back to Afghanistan. He did his auto part business, uh, which was selling used parts uh, uh, to the market. He got offered to join the army, but he was not ready to go back joined the army even as a Fulbright colonel because the system was uncertain and people who served, they know 20 years it was business. My dad did not want to get a piece of that. Uh, he always wanted uh, um, uh, clean money. Unfortunately, 20 years in Afghanistan, it was only uh, also uh, except bribery. There was no other way of even living, so that itself was creating more corruption and that being a faithful person didn't join the army. Um, uh, given me the opportunity to join, um, to just be free man and do what we think as a very young, uh, young kid. Um, during this time when I was helping with my dad, uh, uh, um, we saw the, again, growing up, working hard to study English. I studied English for one year. 
uh, excited uh, that oh, I'm going to be uh, working somewhere with in the military and helping with the forces to at least build bridges between the people who don't speak English and the people who at least God have given them the ability um, and were raised, of course, intellectually to be uh, to be educated. Um, so my hope was like study English and um, work with our allied forces, be the bridge between two forces, be their eyes, be almost like a cane, where they go, how they speak, what they see. And uh, basically we were that for the forces uh, back in our country. But our hope was all about peace um, um, and, uh, and living with peace in our own country. But again, things didn't work as we planned. Um, God plan was something else. Uh, as Brother Corey knows that I was forced to leave and flee my country. So I flee my country in 2009, moved to, uh, end of 2009, moved to Russia. And through the Russia, I traveled to Ukraine. And from Ukraine, I made it to uh, USA, USA. And of course, it was all legally to the USA. Now, and then, of course, I'm, I'm uh, honored and blessed uh, to consider and call myself an American citizen. I mean, uh, if American citizen is uh, to taking the oath of allegiance to protect and defend this country from foreign and domes domestic uh, terrorism, um, everybody has the right to believe however uh, they pick from what I just said of uh, my life story. But I have already took that oath and allegiance to protect and defend this country before becoming citizen and before even being in this great land. Uh, but I have officially became a U.S. citizen in 2021. Uh, so I'm an Afghan-American living in the U.S. and doing my own business, uh, a small, running a small garage. Uh, this is uh, a summary of who I am. Sorry, uh, took a lot, lot of your time, and I'll be happy and let Brother Corey speak and uh, give you back the mic, uh, um, Scott. Thank you for listening, uh, Scott and Corey. Sammy, this is really good, and you just kind of laid down a great foundation, which we're not done yet. You don't get to get off that easy. Um one of the things that uh, you expressed, and Corey, I'm going to have you jump in here in a little bit, but um, one of the things you just articulated, which is all through this process, you've arrived here and you're literally living the American dream. You not only pursued that legally to enter into the nation, you became a, a, a citizen, you, you have your full citizenship, you now have your own business. I mean, that's, that's literally the American dream. And it, as you say, to live in peace, that's the hope. Corey, can you fill in a little bit about Sammy just as you came to know him and then we'll kind of pull this into some of the deeper parts of Afghanistan and also where we face today? Yeah, absolutely, Scott. Um, you know, Sammy is a wonderful human being, just like you and many others that I've gotten to know in the last couple of years. But, you know, I wanted to preface a little bit with, with your audience for those listening. I, I can't impress upon people enough 
um, how deep the 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 illusion goes, the the psychological warfare goes against against us as Americans. So before before I entered the military, um, before I traveled anywhere and got some worldly uh, education, cultural education and awareness, you know, I I watched the news. You know, I listened to conversations, you know, read the articles and my belief system of how the world worked and what different cultures were like was fed to me, right? That was before I got to experience it uh, on my own firsthand. Um, You know, God blessed me with talents to where I was successful in the military um, and went into special forces, was able to travel the world, you know, 42 countries on four continents. And one of the, you know, we live in the matrix. Um, uh, believe me, we live in the matrix. It's, it's interesting because just yesterday, I I, um, I was actually watching a little bit of TV and, and I saw the documentary on Pat Tillman. Um, and when Pat Tillman was killed with the Rangers in Afghanistan, the original story was that he was this war hero and that he pursued the en- enemy uphill and was killed protecting his teammates. Um, but there was a lot of inconsistencies in the story and, and the family was really confused and they spent uh, many months uh, researching this and, and getting documents that were redacted and trying to put the pieces together. And, you know, the family just felt like they were, you know, that, that our leadership and our government was not being honest. They weren't being truthful. And it kind of details, you know, how the process went through. And they found out that what the family was told was a complete lie. It was a cover-up uh, to promote war, right, to inspire Americans that we have these heroes and we got to get behind them and uh, get more people to enlist and, and feed the war machine. You know, what actually happened was just a, a complete mishap of fratricide where uh, Pat Tillman's own teammates mistakenly took him and a a few others uh, of the same unit uh, as enemy. And they were just, uh, you know, the wit, you know, their testimonies were, they just wanted to get into a firefight. They were eager just to fight. Um, They ended up shooting and killing Pat Tillman. And there was, uh, I think there was some congressional oversight committee hearings and, and it was just, you know, you, you see the evil that's within the business of war and the, the efforts made to perpetuate war and fool the American people into supporting these wars. And it's just, uh, you know, it, if you've ever seen that, that commercial, that uh, psychological warfare commercial, Ghost in the Machine, you know, the world is a stage and it's... Uh, it's just a movie that's fed to the American people to keep that war machine alive. And it's just, you know, as you get older and you experience um, things in war and, and different cultures and you start to dig into stuff and you see what a, what a big lie we all live. Um, when I went to, you know, Iraq and Africa and Afghanistan, I found that people are the same, generally the same. It's not people that make wars, it's governments. And people just want to be left alone. They want to, you know, you know, 
get a job, provide for their families, uh, take care of their kids, get them a good school, get them a good, get in a good school and get a good education and, and be left alone. And it's no different in Afghanistan. It's no different in Iraq. You know, people want to raise their children without fear of war, without fear of their, their children being mutilated, uh, being killed by the effects or, um, you know, fallout of war. And it's just, it was just eye-opening, right? Because before I deployed uh, to these theaters of war, it was all over the news that Muslims were categorically terrorists, right? And there were so many people that just wished that they would turn the Middle East into a, a parking lot, you know, meaning that we would just drop nuclear bombs and kill them all. And that's just so evil that that has been pushed down our throats through media um, the movie industry that, you know, that divide, right. Where it's us against them. And, you know, when I first met Sammy and we were, you know, cause I was in special forces uh, deployment in Afghanistan and, and, uh, Kapisa. And I first met Sammy and this wasn't my first time deploying, but I think this was the first realization, um, how great, you know, people like Sammy are, you know, how, how deep their faith and um, commitment to their families and their tribes is. And they're just good people, just like you would find, you know, in the United States or anywhere else. Uh, so I remember one of the first dismounted patrols that we were on. And it had been just a couple of weeks into the, to this deployment. And we were getting ICOM chatter where the the Taliban were, were saying they spotted us and that we, they were going to set up an ambush. And, and so, you know, of course we're, we're on the lookout. We got our heads on a swivel and Sammy was not the normal interpreter. He has a warrior's heart. He cares about his teammates and he would place himself in front of the patrol. Um, and it was just kind of a shock and surprise to me. I was very impressed of his courage and dedication to to us, uh, his teammates, and we were on patrol, and we're all looking looking around for this ambush and the enemy. And I hear a shot from the f- front of the formation. It was Sammy. He had spotted a Taliban, um, and was literally in front of us. Put himself in between, and try to take this guy out. So that was that was that was a realization. It's like, hey, you know, this is a this is a very courageous individual, uh, very impressed. And he wasn't the normal interpreter. He would have died before he let any one of my, me and my team members get hurt. Um, so, you know, that was, you know, towards the beginning of my, my education um, and learned how, you know, Sammy's character was just as great or better than special forces guys that I've been working and training with and deploying with. I'm very impressed and and got to know him more throughout the deployment. He did a lot of great work. He was one of the few interpreters that we were entrusting to carry a weapon with us, you know, into combat Uh, because not every interpreter, uh, A, has the courage to go out into the field. A lot of them just sit on the base. Um, But then beyond that was competent enough and trusted enough to carry a weapon because, you know, when you have 12 guys on your team, maybe you have some partner force 
and you have another trusted, courageous individual like Sammy, you're going to arm him with an M4 or an AK, right? Another gun in the fight. And he continually demonstrated um, his great character throughout that deployment. And so we always kept in contact. Um, and I remember, you know, when, you know, when the Taliban went to his house and beat up his father looking for Sammy and they said Sammy was dead, they were trying to protect him and the family. Um, this was after I had redeployed and Sammy, of course, like he just said, he had to uh, basically make his way out of the country and um, ended up in Ukraine where he, he filed for asylum and made his way to the United States. You know, the whole time I was trying to keep in contact and see how I could help him and encourage him. And um, and he finally made it to the United States and I was I was ecstatic. I was I was really happy. Um, but real quick and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pass it off. But again, for those listening that have not been to another country, maybe Mexico, maybe, who knows, but been to these other um, very different cultures, what the media and the entertainment industry pushes down our throats is not true. It's all lies. You know, these there are great people all around the world. There's people just like you and me. Um, and we need to take pause and question, you know, question everything, you know, what's, what would be the purpose of painting all Muslims as terrorists or, or anti-Christian or anti-American? Well, it's, it's to generate war. It's to prop up the, the military industrial complex and it's evil. It's a, it's a deep evil. Um, but Sammy's just a wonderful brother. And, and when he came to my house, when he came to the United States, my kids loved him. They could sense the, you know, his true heart, his true character. And my kids just were drawn to him. You know, Liam, he's, he's older now, but when he was first born, Sammy came to visit and Liam loved him. You know, he, he just wanted Sammy. He just wanted Sammy to hold him. And, um, you know, you could see, especially children, they're innocent. They can sense evil. They can sense love. And Liam totally sensed the love in, in Sammy's heart. So it was, it was really nice to watch and very blessed um, to know Sammy, very blessed to, to be his friend and a brother. Um, but I'll, I'll hand it off to you, Scott. Well, one thing I will say that if people have not experienced the relationship between yourself and an interpreter and you're expressing that, Corey, and Sammy, I say this with great compliment. I had an interpreter for the same interpreter for about two and a half years. And you develop a bond because the level of trust that you have to place on that, and it's difficult for a lot of people to relate to that if you haven't been there, is literally beyond measure. You're speaking into, especially with where you've worked, Corey and, and Sammy, and then where I worked, you're at the point of very, very critical discussions. You're dealing with people that are either Taliban or warlord. The sorts of things that are said and translated become the difference many times between life and death. And so the, the reliance, not just on the accuracy of the interpretation, but on the ability for that interpreter to work as your brother to inform you of specific things. I think of an own, my own story. We were, um, it was in 2010 or 2011, and there was this ridiculous mission that uh, one of the SEAL commanders had taken up to go find a, a particular grave site of somebody who had come in from the United States, an, an Afghan-American woman working for DIA. Long story short, it was extremely hostile area. And it was 
he was in the he was in the grave site out on the edge of Kabul, and and it's one of the big ones out there, Sammy. You would probably know. And as we got in there, um, at one point, my interpreter walked away from me. I couldn't believe it. We were looking for this grave site, and the next thing I know, he drove the truck up next to me, and he said, "Get in, or I'm leaving you." And and I was like, "What is this?" And he, he got in. He says, "You have no idea how dangerous it is. Get in now." And we drove away. Literally one hour later, and another person had come into that site and was kidnapped by the local AMP, the Afghan National Police, which were dirty. There is a sense of reliance that you place in your life on that interpreter who becomes your brother and your friend to look out for your back and to always be there and look for you in things and in, in nuances that you can't understand. And especially as you, we've done these works and the works that I was doing so much into the relationships with elders, relationships with warlords, the relationships even at times with Taliban themselves in doing these engagements and going into the shuras. It was that your interpreter literally becomes that extra part of you, you that is that keeps you alive. So what you speak, Corey, is, is very near to my heart. And, and Sammy, it just it's a compliment that gives a, a reflection of your heart that's so very deep. And I'm, I'm honored to have you here today. Sam, I'd like to talk a little bit uh, just about, as you, you've given us a good overview of your, of your story, I'd like you to talk a little bit about the warrior culture in, in Afghanistan. I, I'm, I don't know whether you grew up as, as uh, in the Pashtun culture or whether you were more influenced by Dari. I, th I think that you're more of that side. Well, you would have been because you, it sounds like because of where you were. But there's a, there's a root in Afghanistan that is a warrior culture. And it's a, it's a culture that we don't really understand. Part of that is what you're saying is your willingness as you've accepted that role as Corey comes in to step ahead of him to be the ambassador, but also the protector. That gets into a little bit of the Pashtun Wali side of, of Afghan culture. Can you speak to some of that? Uh, thanks again, Scott. And uh, if I may just say one thing uh, uh, to my brother, Corey, uh, I was humbled to hear him and also humbled to hear what you said, uh, Scott. I will tell to Corey, I know I have told him multiple times, uh, this is beautiful saying from uh, Maulana Rumi that's, that became a life lesson. Uh, and I will pass it again in front of all, uh, in front of you, Scott, and all your audience that, uh, Corey, the beauty you see in me is a reflection of yourself, my dear brother. Like, what do you... Uh, talked about me, I'm humbled. Um, but that connection is uh, not something that we made it. And I'm honored to call you, brother. And there is uh, no greater bond for me to die, but for the brother who I truly call him brother from the bottom of my heart. So I appreciate you what you said, uh, Corey, and I'm very humbled. Uh, uh, may God bless you. Um, we'll move on uh, Back to your question, uh, Scott, uh, um, that's uh, about our culture, where I am from. I'm most, I would tell you, intellectual warrior, uh, peaceful warrior culture. Uh, uh, that's, that's what I would consider ourselves. But yes, we are from mostly Farsi-speaking um, mountain warriors, uh, that once we stand for our words, it's like it really matters. Uh, what you say is like Pashtun Wali, it's like if I, uh, it's, it's like a term of, I would say, uh, using between 
you are white, you're brown, you're black. If I if I if I use a term of uh, like we both understand uh, the arrogance that one side has, we lived it, which is Pashtun. We know it. It's like I'm always right, and if you're my if you're my Pashtun, you're my Pashtun. Otherwise, like I don't know you. This this is like not in us, not in our blood. Everybody knows. The country knows it. The nation knows it. So we are from the Farsi speaking Persian and. Uh, the name is labeled, as we just talked about, uh, psychology, psychological warfare. So some audience might have uh, no clue about some of the words you say. Like if you say specific words of Khurasan, now, according to the intelligence of this country, they have created, oh, now they are ISIS-K. You know, they always add a BS, I'm sorry for the language, but they add some, some words of uh, some evil word next to a tribe and just label it, but we are from Khurasan. Khurasan is the very old ancient land of Afghanistan. Uh, horse riders, uh, horse riding warriors. Uh, that's just like, again, they fight only for freedom. That's Their hope is to have freedom for all. Uh, and this freedom only belongs to the kingdom of Lord. So it's fighting the true evil. I'm from that part of the country. Um, if if that makes it simple, it it does. I mean, it's very good, and I, I appreciate it because it is it's the heart of the war. You hit a key one there, which is the horse soldier. Which, if people understand that principle, and even for the legacy of special forces, that makes a beautiful bridge. It's it's truly a, a that was the group they connected with first, you know, and I believe it was fifth special forces. Am I correct, Corey? Down there. Yeah, um, so the the horse soldiers story is Fifth Special Forces Group. You know when they took Mazari Sharif and they they linked up with Dostum. Um, I'd have to ask uh, Sammy uh, Dostum's background, but I thought they were a different segment. Um, I, I'm not even sure were they were they Hazara Sammy or were they were they you know, from Dostum? Dostum is an Uzbek tribe. They're from the Uzbek. Uh, you know, we have, uh, of course, different, like almost uh, Hazara. Uzbek is completely a Turkmen, uh, that they speak even, they understand even Turkish language. Um, they almost look like, a, of course, mixture of Chengiz and Turks. It's them, but it, these uh, these warriors, when I'm talking about, is um, uh, Nords, like Poinshir. <laughs> Um, uh, mountains of Hindu Kush. Yes. Well, I, there's something I think that comes out of this is really important, Sammy, that you you kind of alluded to indirectly. Um, there is a very easy way that, at least in my witness, it was easy to see how Afghanistan was easily exploited amongst itself. You had unique tribes that were that, for the most part, wanted peace. But there was a very easy way to pit one tribe against the other when you had the wrong people working in Afghanistan. So it was very easy to take a Pashtun and 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 connect him and pit him against someone who's Hazara or someone who comes from a Farsi ba base. These and it was easy to pit these against each other. I even did work with what we call I and I'm just I'm, there's probably a better Afghan term. It's the Kuchis, which were your migratory tribes that came from Afghanistan and in, up even as high as Kabul. And to see how the perceptions were created, again, so much of the perceptions were created in this modern theater of a war 
of pitting people against each other. And yet Afghanistan has a history, if we go back to the 60s, of being a rather stable and unified nation under the king. So I, I say all that because where we are right now in this nation is we're starting, we're seeing the efforts to try to make division by language and by race, which could be compared to the challenges we face in Afghanistan of division by language and by race. What do you see here today? As you mentioned this early on, as you're starting to see this type of things happening here in this nation. Um, Scott, I seeing as Corey, brother Corey mentioned in the beginning, the war started. This this is a cycle of control by some God knows best, to best of our knowledge, and to you and to your audience, you all know more. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, what I have seen here, there was, of course, three phases that I have experienced. The first was uh, biological warfare, where they, as Brother Corey put it very simple and in a good way, that yes, first they created fear of terrorism since 9-11, that they started to scare Americans here that all Muslims are terrorists. And we have a war against one religion. but. The problem was like nobody really did a research like, wait a minute, what's going on here? This war was a war of bankers. In one side, they did not accept the Federal Reserve. So that caused, if there was only one way to win that was through psychology, psychological warfare. In Afghanistan, they created the news that Americans are here to kill you all. All Americans here are infidels and they are here to kill. This was, of course, their own propaganda. Oh, they're here to kill. But we would see from firsthand seeing that, okay, we get help, you know, we do good things, great things, helping people. No, it's like on the humanity side, this is a good side. Then once I, of course, during this course, we moved, we just left even in 2019. I was, uh, when you're asking me this question, I, I get uh, kind of even more shocked. Like these, these people, there shouldn't be even a question of that because... The bigger phase of biological warfare that the government played against the people, Scott, uh, we all experienced it, uh, forcing people into doing something. I mean, I came from a different country, but this was my last hope for freedom, last stand-up point for freedom. Like, okay, there's nobody which shall touch the constitution of this country, the, the country where they stand with God, not with evil and satanists and pedophiles that were running the country, not to those. But unfortunately, the more time passed, you see that regardless of the parties, even here, that when you ask me, what do I see here? Like, okay, they're playing uh, psychological warfare, biological warfare, and then there's going, which is already we are seeing, it is technological warfare, which is the election will prove it more for the people that there's no more rights that you have here. Like, wake up. When you're saying, again, this stuff, I see it's uh, uh, it's very scary. You know, like you can see it clearly on the social media that now you can vote online without thinking that they could be hacked. Anybody can use it false. Anybody can put false narrative out there and teach uh, bad things. We live those type of wars and we made it here so this is why we see those uh, threats that these wars have already been played. They have created so much barrier between uh, 
God-fearing people that if you're religious, it's almost illegal to be religious here now. They will label you as a so-called, like, because I'm still new learning the cultures, they will be labeling you, you're a white supremacist. I was being called white supremacist by speaking something that was hurting some some people's ears. And I looked at him like, why do you even call me like racist? Like, what did I do to tell you that racist? Or why do you call me a simple word? Nowadays, I see people mindset as if you speak the truth is they labeled it. They have played the very well psychological warfare. You speak something, it's like, you know, God forbid, but they will tell you, oh, you're a Trump supporter. Like, no, I'm not nobody's supporter. I'm a constitutional supporter because this taught me hope that there is still God being practiced, not Satan. So when I'm living that, seeing that, it's scary. You know, when you're talking about uh, what do I see the difference or how I see the difference here, uh, God forbid, it's worse here. But I do see the freedom of expression. I do see warriors of God like yourself. God-fearing man like Corey, who have experienced the firsthand, who had the heart to build and open a connection. Like, look, all Muslims are not terrorists. They just don't accept interest. But the bankers in your country, the Federal Reserve, they love interest. They want your interest. They want you to pay interest. They want you to own everything with interest. The Muslim countries, they don't want it. So they want to make sure that there shall not be love thy neighbor. There should not be love, love thy brother. There shall not be that as long as the Satanist pedophiles running and they, as long as they're the leaders. That's what I see, Scott, and I will uh, give uh, back the stage to you. Sorry for being loud, but when I see those stuff, it is hurting to see a, a, a destruction for future generation. Like, I didn't fight uh, for 20 years back and even growing up for freedom to come to the last place on earth for freedom. And uh, all you hear is from the leaders is some way of war. And they're promising you in order to bring you more peace, we have to create more war. That is illogical. When you're talking about war, bombs don't send flowers to earth. They explode. Sammy, Anyways, I will uh, give it back to you, Scott. Uh, uh, thank you for uh, for the time. Sammy, those are good words. Those are very good words. And they're words of a heart of a, of a man who's walked in war. And uh, I, speak, I speak similar things, so does Corey. Corey, some comments? Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, it, it's... <clears throat> It's very educational to hear Sammy speak, you know, coming from a different culture, grew up in a different background and the experiences that he went through and his viewpoints uh, to the point where we connect um, and, and developed a relationship, you know, because, you know, my background and growing up, my childhood was completely different. But hearing him speak the truth, you know, it just fortifies what I've learned, you know, in the last many years. Um, you know, in Afghanistan, well, after the Soviets had pulled out, it's pretty well known that these intelligence officers came down through Pakistan and 
they were playing the role as a mullah, right? So there's all these false mullahs, you know, in Pakistan and infiltrated into Afghanistan. And their sole mission was to indoctrinate the children. And that's, that's as evil as you can get when you and your mission is to indoctrinate these children in a false practice religion in order to use them as cat and fodder or sacrificial lambs in your war to gain money and power. It's so evil. And we see the same going on in our country. You know, it's like Samuel was saying, it's like he doesn't support anybody but the Constitution. If somebody supports uh, the Constitution in our Christian founding principles, then, yeah, I can get behind that. Um, but across the board, whether you're Democrat, whether you're Republican, or even independent, it's it's all one big club, like uh, that comedian used to say, and you're not in it. Um, it's all psychological warfare, fifth-generational warfare, to, to manipulate the people at the behest of the you know these these corrupt elites. Um, so we see the same thing in America that that happens all around the world. Um, and I'm I'm again I'm blessed to have Sammy as a as a brother and a friend. Uh, and it's very refreshing to, to, to get his perspective, right? That only, you know, fortifies my perspective. You know, people are, are starting to wake up. Not enough people are, are starting to wake up, but um, there is an awakening. And we can only pray that more people wake up and stand up and speak the truth. These are good words. Sammy, to kind of start to wrap this down today, um, I'd like you to speak to something that's just we've been hitting on the edge of, and I want to just take it on head on, and that is the the divide that now exists to a certain degree within our nation between Muslim culture and just mainstream American culture. Been it's been perpetuated by a, an atrocious media campaign, and yet in recent months we have seen some amazing bridges being built in Dearborn, Michigan, and even in New York of Muslims and Christians coming together in arm to fight against these pedophiles that are trying to destroy our nation and our children. I'd like you to speak to the heart of that because these we are also hearing in the media almost daily now about the Islamic fighters that are coming in across the border to start wars and to start fights on the ground. And Corey and I know, you know in our heart, that those people are, are just... They're agents of intelligence agencies around the world coming in to fuse and try to spark a religious war. That's the objective. Because once they can spark it, that's one of those wars that can go on for tens of years. So speak to this, Sammy, as far as the unity that we can build and the bridges that we can build that are right before us. Uh, that's a good question, Scott. Uh, when, when, we, when we see what happened for the past 20 years plus of living experience, that we know that there was one evil causing all these barrier and this division between all people who follow Abrahamic fate. And it's very obvious that it's evil. When we go to evil, we can say, yes, the evil exists as a spiritual human being. God is one without any, any, any doubt. He sent us guidance through of this, his own 
messengers in different paths, different languages, so we can understand, we can ponder upon it, and we can unite and have a hope for an eternal life and strive for the kingdoms of the heaven. Whoever believes in whatever ways, whatever paths it is, I mean, no stage, no place to judge that. But here we know that there is an evil within. Okay, there is an, what is the evil outside? The evil outside are all these people in front of you. Unfortunately, you can see them even daily, uh, their faces. They have faces, it's not unknown anymore. They have faces, they have names. I mean, they're obvious, they're even pushing rules and they're running. It's not something that it is uh, behind closed doors anymore. The division have created by those people. Now, Muslims and Christians have to really, really uh, come to in this. Like, I'm not speaking in a, in a sense where, like, oh, I'm in a stage where I can speak from the Islamic uh, scholar points of anything, uh, God forbid. As a humble individual who have been through war and traveled, and due to the war, I have, I have to, I had to leave my country and still live without my family. Again, it's the war that caused it. You have to live it to experience that. You, you won't feel it no matter what I tell you. It is one group, and I can tell you clearly in that group, that is Zionism. For as long as the U.S. lobbies have, you know, don't stop bowing down, that's bigger thing, Scott. If, if, if we don't stop those, you know, those names that we know they're up there, they're making the leaders bow down to them, and on the boat board is, uh, and trust me, Scott, I have seen it. You know, they have, as Brother Corey said, they have created fake mullahs, fake scholars, fake newses, you know, especially with their new technologies they can create it. With Christian and Muslims, I ask boats, please open the doors. Like there's nothing harm to go visiting uh, a church. Uh, I do see a great unity, but we have to build it with God just solely for the sake of God, for the future of our children. If anybody want to live really in this country, just for the future of our children, for the sake of God, we have to work and strive together. Don't let these pedophile be like a referee between Muslims. No, Muslims are not here in the U.S. to kill all Americans. No, not all of them. But yes, as a Muslim who have traveled the world, I do oppose an open border because you're leaving and allowing somebody coming into the country without any identification, doing something wrong, and then blame it on certain people, certain group. That is what will cause us more barrier. But again, we see who is doing it. So it is not just a miracle that's happening. There is a, some people that are causing this between us is God. So I would say just on our level, let's unite. You know, um, I'm not here to kill anybody. I'm a Muslim. I'm here to, you know, have the freedom, enjoy the freedom in God's giving land. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure Americans were not in Afghanistan to kill all Muslim or Americans in Iraq to kill all Muslims as terrorists. They don't label it. I been there. I lived there. And I see those mans of God also, they see that my enemy and your enemy is the same enemy standing in front of us. All we can do is unite and stand together just for the kingdoms of the heaven. We, can, we will win. And then always, always, always victory belongs to the lords of the heavens, not to some Satanist pedophile 
uh, position we see are some bankers. And please, we don't want more war with Iran. We don't want more war on this or that. No, there's no, no more war. War will not bring us peace. It will bring us more destruction, more famine, more hunger. Back to you, Scott. Sammy, those are heart words right there. And I, those are beautiful words and words from a man who's walked it more than anybody here today. Corey, you have any final thoughts? Before we go to prayer. No, I just, you know, listen to, you know, my brother Sammy speak and um, the discussion you're having with him. It makes me feel inadequate for, for this conversation because, you know, he's, he's, he truly speaks from the heart. And um, I agree a hundred percent with what he says. And Scott, I, you know, you're a great friend and I, I, I'm blessed to, to know you as well. And the message you bring, is an important one. It's a message of, of truth. And, and, you know, it's like, I really feel for people like Sammy, you know, I know Sammy personally, but there's many like him. Um, they're an oppressed people, um, you know, worn torn country, families destroyed, family members killed. Um, his, his mother and father are apart. They live in Turkey while he's here in the United States and he works every day to make money to support his family there. Yet people look at him as a terrorist, not everybody, but it's prevalent. And I, I just feel for, I feel bad for him because he's not what the media and the entertainment and our politicians paint that he is, you know, he's, he's truly, um, he truly has the warrior heart. His heart is full of love for, um, for God's creation, uh, for us and everybody. Um, so he's, you know, he's, he brings a good message and I a hundred percent agree. And thank you, Scott, for, for bringing him on and letting your audience hear it directly from him. Um, and we as Americans need to get smarter. We need to do our part and, and bringing, the truth, the light, and out these corrupt, like he said, Satanist pedophiles that run this country, that run the world, and destroy them. 100%. Sammy, we're going to go to prayer in a moment. I hope it's okay if I lead a prayer today. Is that okay? Go for it. Go for it. Before I go there, I just want to share a brief perspective here. Um, for two years, I worked, uh, was connected to a Baptist church down in Southern Georgia. It's a small country church. One of the most accepting places I've ever been. And it mattered not who you were. The arms were always open. And I speak this message because it's very similar to what you just said. There was something very unique about that church. And what it was is that every single person in that church had lost a friend or family member to crack and meth. Not one person in there had not suffered that loss. That's another level of this war we all know. The loss in our lives of people change the way our heart receives those from the outside. You speak of a man from a, a perspective of a man who's walked war. Your heart is open and your arms are open to say, let us walk arm in arm in brother, as brothers. And I, I acknowledge that I, and I embrace it and I thank you for that message. And I, I want you to know that as Corey walks with you, I also walk with you. 
and you've gained a brother today in a deep way. And I'm deeply honored to have you on this show and uh, look forward to more conversations that we can have in the future because building bridges has to be fundamental in order to create truly one nation under God. So thank you. Father God, I want to just thank you today for Sammy and his presence here and with Corey. And it's the heart of men and warriors that are coming here literally at a table of peace to speak our hearts and to speak of unity and to speak of bridges and to speak of the love of kingdom. And Father, we have been so heavily attacked over years and centuries to hate one another. When in the fact is you are the father of all things. And we have to start seeing into the heart of another. So, Father, we just pray today that this begins something new, that under, under our banner that we walk, under the banner of kingdom, under the banner of Christ, that we can find unity in our hearts to come together, to see each other as brothers, to walk together in this hour, to build bridges, to seek to understand each other, and to truly set aside the differences that have been manipulated and created by those of true evil heart and evil intention. We're honored today to have Sammy here. We ask for the blessings of his family and blessings upon his life, where he is literally a man that has come to this nation pursuing that of the Constitution and the right of freedom and the right to pursue a, a, his faith and his, his pursuit of business and his pursuit of success and freedom and liberty for his family. And so we pray those blessings upon him. And we pray just a, a, a fullness of his heart and we pray a healing upon his heart and his family that he can be seen truly with the glory of what sits within and we say these things truly, Father, humbly before you, that in this hour, never before has there been such a critical time for us to have to come together and to sit and to hear each other's heart, to break bread and to build those bridges. So thank you for Corey Terry. Thank you for Mohammed Rafi, also known Sammy. And thank you for this moment we have together. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, brother. Sammy, thank you very much for being here today. It's been an absolute honor. And I, I bless your family and I bless you for all you do. So thank you. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for having me. And yeah, thanks. <clears throat> thanks, Scott. Thanks, Sammy. I appreciate it. Uh, it's an honor. All right, guys. Well, Sammy, you are welcome back. We look forward to talking to you more as we go forward. And I appreciate the honesty of your heart and the courage it took here today to come. So thank you. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak up. It's an honor to speak. Thank you. Absolutely, Corey. No, I was—I was going to say you guys are—you guys are a lot closer than, I mean, as far as geographically than than I am. When you know, like, I think you guys are probably ten hours apart. Yeah, it's pretty close. We're yeah. going to be—we're going to be getting together. We'll talk about that offline because here's the other crazy thing: is my interpreter is right down in your area, Sammy. Uh, that's, oh, nice! That's that's cool. That's so pretty cool. We're, we're going to have to get together, and make, maybe have some rice kabbalis and some uh, some naan or something like that. Of course, whatever whatever you would like, uh, I would be happy. Anytime you come to the this area, Scott, remember that uh, not long ago I had uh, uh, Pete. Pete Chamber was here too. I I had the honor to take him to lunch. So if you anytime. Remember, there's a check post here for you. If anytime you need it, swing by, please. Uh, I will be happy. Or if I go towards your area, I will definitely stop by. 
Absolutely. And pay my respect to you. Yeah, that'll be wonderful. It'll be like old times. And Corey, you'll be jealous because we'll, we'll be taking pictures of Oh, great man, I'd be so <laughs> jealous, yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. That's awesome. And for those that are listening, if you don't know, rice, cavalese, and naan are like some of the best foods ever. It's just an amazing dish from that. Uh... So anyway, and there's many other great dishes from Afghan cuisine. If you haven't had a chance to try Afghan cuisine, it is truly amazing. It's good. So Delicious. It is. Yeah, we have... Well, bless you both. Have- All right, bless you. Bless you. Patriots, I think that's probably one of the more important interviews I've done and probably one of the more important shows I've done. I did that interview on Monday, I believe, and listening to these final words of Sammy, they're truly anointed words, in talking of the sense of building bridges and building peace and coming together to hear each other's hearts. It's native to myself to do that because we had to. We had, that was the way through. And that's also what Special Forces does. And it's how I was able to work with so much of what they did. There's a real perception in war, especially when it came to Afghanistan, that the only highlights we get is this killing fields thing. But that's not what the majority of the war was. So much of the war was done in simply sitting around a massive dish of rice and and goat or rice and sometimes chicken and eating bread and talking and seeing each other's hearts. And you got to read each other's hearts. And it was honesty that would bridge the place to peace. I've been very fortunate in my walk to actually actually have helped broker significant peace arrangements that lasted for a period of time. And so much of that was based simply on listening and hearing each other's hearts even sitting in a shura with Mujahideen and Taliban, where we came together and we were able to bring to where they could see each other's hearts and put their guns down. This can be done. And in the programming and psyop that has been waged on this nation, it has been devastating. We have stopped seeing each other for one nation under God. And even to speak with Sammy spoke is the freedom for us to, he, to come, as he said, to the land of God where he could worship. Our founding fathers saw that. We built our nation on a foundation of Christian values. And that's where the Constitution came from. And to hear someone like Sammy say that he values that Constitution, you start to see the heart of a man. It's also the heart of a people that our media and our government has done so much to try to separate us from. This is a time we have to build bridges, big bridges. It's difficult. We have to make the effort. We have to set down our swords of steel and extend the hand of love. This is truly loving thy brother. This is truly the heart of Jesus in which we walk. And it is not easy. <clears throat> it is not. So as I speak, just even getting choked up with the potential of what that means for our nation. And it takes the few that are willing to take the risk. This is truly a moment when we have to decide the type of path and nation we want. It isn't one nation under many tribes and one nation under many churches and one nation under many gods. It's one nation under God. And through that, we come through the unity of the body of Christ. We may not all say the same thing, 
But when our pursuit of God and the pursuit of a, a moral character, a pursuit of upholding the Constitution, gives us a binding and a, a unity that unlike anything we've ever seen. I will tell you that when you're fighting an enemy that's truly been raised on hate, a distorted perception on Islam that's been inculcated in people through madrasas, which if you understand and have been in madrasas, which I have been, the amount of brainwashing and torture these children come to is exactly the sort of thing our children are now going through in our public schools. So the war that was there has now come here. And the same agents of warfare, the same evil that have been ravaging the Middle East with hatred are now here to ravage our nation with hatred. Over there, they do it one way, but the principles of doing it are the same, to traumatize children and traumatize them in such a way that they end up hating their parents. They end up hating everything else but them. They create cults and, and lock themselves in from the world, and then they can justify anything. When you see the evil work firsthand, like it is in the Middle East, it has happened throughout those regions where they can literally, and these agents of, of, of evil themselves can take young girls and young boys, bring them into a madrasa, convince them that they're going to save their family financially because they're going to offer them a reward for their family if they would just do one thing, walk into a crowd carrying a vest. These children are often drugged, very frequently raped, and then they're launched in and they are detonated. They become a human bomb. The family loses their child, and then there's a payoff of money of some fashion to silence them, along with a threat. That's the cycle of terror. And if you don't think that could happen here, trust me, that's the model they wanted to do because this is what they did in Russia in another way. When we broke the Soviet Union, the first thing that happened was the banksters and the oligarchs of the West went in and started ravaging that country and everything. And the only thing people had to sell at the end of the day were their children. It wasn't that they sold them. They were offering them to with opportunities to go where? To the West. To get them out of the poverty of Russia. And what ended up happening? The one of the greatest, well not greatest, one of the largest industries of pornography was created from Russia because they were stealing the Western oligarchs were stealing the children of Russia to create a world trafficking system that fed the West. This is how they work, and it works the same way all over the world. It is time that we open our eyes to the real optic of horror in which we are living in. And it's happening here. So we continue to pursue our walk, Scripture in hand, Bible in hand, our pursuit of God, and to see the world through his heart. But we have to respect those that are seeking him. And it may not be exactly as we see it, but if they're willing to stand with us and we can stand with them because our common love is children and our common love is the pursuit of God, let us learn from one another. I'm not talking about one common religion. I'm talking about hearing each other's heart and being able to sit from one another and respect each other. That's what you heard here today. And that's what we have to do better at. And when we do that, we truly create, truly create something fantastic. We create a body of Christ that begins to work in a unity of humanity, of all of God's children coming together and standing up against this evil that seeks to divide. And when we do that, 
they have no place to go. It's of note that when I mentioned Dearborn, Michigan, and I mentioned New York as the two places where Christians and Muslims were coming together, it wasn't difficult. They all agreed on a common threat. It was the pedophiles going after the children. And to the credit of the Muslims in Dearborn, Michigan, they banned the LGBTQ flag. They banned the pedophiles in their community. That's not a place that they will tread. They will not a place something they will stand for. Those are places to build bridges immediately. To find the unity and the love of children, that's God's heart. And when we start to talk about the protection of children and we find a way to walk together, we're talking about building one of the mightiest armies ever imagined and to do the greatest thing the kingdom could ask for, which is to protect the children, God's greatest gift. So I'd ask that you share this interview tonight as much and as far and as wide as you can. I think it's an essential story that people need to hear. Encourage people to hear it. Encourage people to listen and to listen to the heart of what's in this was, was in this show tonight. Because the heart is about love for one another and respect and love for thy brother. And at the core of this was the one binding document, which is so important in a nation, and it was our Constitution, which is grounded in the principles of God. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest dead. Oh, I want to feel something.